great to get to be here this morning. As I said earlier, I appreciate the introduction from Pastor Aubrey. Uh, we're going to do another hymn or worship song. Me and my sister over there before it's all over. But I just like to write songs about life. I like to write songs about things that are current events, things sometimes that allow me to speak out maybe to a situation either politically, culturally, theologically. And in this case, it's a theological statement here. Uh, matter of fact, it's a Christological statement. So <laughs> I went to seminary up in uh, Dallas, Texas at a place called Criswell Bible College, Dallas Seminary right across the road. And, man, I was a bookworm, man, a geek, man, a nerd, just a theology nitwit. Still am, you know, to this day. But uh, I'll never forget, man, when I was going there, the uh, Southern Baptist people, which I was a Baptist pastor for about six years, uh, they had come out with this great slogan, this great acronym, and this wonderful kind of a trendy thing, WWJD, you know, what would Jesus do, right? Yeah, and it's exciting. I was excited about it, you know. Everybody had the bracelets, the T-shirts, the bumper stickers, all these things. But one major problem, nobody was really doing what Jesus would do. <laughs> I mean, really, when you think about it, we can't really at random raise the dead. I mean, many people claim to. Maybe you can. Uh, we can't die on the cross and be the atonement for the world. We, can't, we can do one thing that Jesus did, and it's typified in all four Gospels, particularly the book of Mark. When Jesus was out there with all these crazy sinners and these ragtag people like myself and the Pharisees self-righteously were lampooning him and lambasting him and maligning him, why are you out there hanging out with all these hoodlums, you know? And his response was brilliant. He said, I did not come for the well, for the well have no need for a physician. I came for the sick. I didn't come to call righteous to repentance, but sinners. I have spent the larger part of 25 years Yes, being on TBN a couple of times, being on the Grand Ole Opry a couple of times, but the majority of the time, being around people who've got purple hair, piercings, tattoos, smoke, drink, and act a fool, and guess what? Those folks need to hear the gospel. Come on now. Man, I love being in church because I, I love coming to church. I was a pastor. I'm on staff at a church now as a pastor, but I like being outside the church walls because that's when we really get to see the opportunities to do what Jesus truly did on a nonstop basis. And that's love the unlovely. Getting quiet now. Come on now. Love the unlovely. The people sometimes that nobody else sometimes will love were the ones that we saw Christ doing that. So what would Jesus do? Well, this song kind of talks about it. It's a song that I wrote. It was a Christian country song of the year. It was also a number one song on several charts, and that doesn't mean anything. But it does mean this to me, that hopefully it's the number one song that's on Spotify, not that I'm greatly followed on Spotify, but it gets more streams than anything else. And that tells me at least that people uh, want to hear something about the good goodness of God and the loving kindness of Jesus Christ and, and who he was. So anyway, here's a song I want to do for you. Simply call that's what Jesus would do. Let's do it to it. All right, guys, I appreciate y'all being so enthusiastic today. God bless you and God love you. Here we go. Johnny's coming home late, he's been out on the town Another Sunday morning coming down He passes by the church on his way home 
lost his kids and he lost his wife Whiskey on his breath is the reason why They just stare as he drives on What if he walks right up to you? You ask yourself What would Jesus do? He just take him by the hand Say you know I understand I'll be there what you go through Cause I love you That's what Jesus would do Jesse's got a habit that she just can't kick It makes it real hard for her to fit in at that big old church down on 5th and Main But she likes to sing with her hands held high But they all stare when she walks by So she just stays home while the church bells ring What if she sat right down by you? You ask yourself now what would Jesus do? He just take her by the hand. Say you know I understand. I'll be there no matter what you go through. Oh, cause I love you. That's what Jesus would do. Saw a bracelet just the other day Four letters to abbreviate The way we should live our lives But I wonder if he was here right now He could teach us how Would we still have to ask why When it comes down to me and you Ask yourself, what would Jesus do? He just take them by the hand. Say you know I understand. I'll be there here, no matter what you go through. Oh, cause I love you. That's what Jesus would do I'll be there now No matter what you go through Oh, cause He loves you Oh, He loves you 
that's what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus would do. God be the glory. I'm going to do two more songs right quick, then we're going to have our invitation in a moment. But I'm going to share these two songs and just speak real clearly from my heart. Stay at the altar if you need to. I want to share two important things today with these two songs. Number one is this wonderful thing called grace. And you know, just by its mere definition, man, caris, it just means unmerited favor, something we don't deserve, you know. And I will tell you, as I talk to your guy, that, that brother that runs y'all's outfit there, we share a little bit of our testimonies, a little bit similar. Man, I got a lot more grace than I ever deserved. Matter of fact, we all did. doesn't matter if you are the CEO of a bank or if you're somebody like me that used to run from the deputy sheriff on the weekends, you know. We all got something we didn't deserve. Now, you don't understand that sometimes until you really get it magnified up against something really phenomenally huge and bright and as I said earlier I worked for a ministry called Prison Fellowship for 10 years I was on the road with those guys I've been out on a yard with Mr. Colson at least twice and it was a, a monumental thing to get to see such a brilliant man that loved people and was so humble and to go into these places and get a chance to sing and share my gifts and my, my heart but one of the things that a lot of, a lot, a lot of people didn't want to do I always volunteered for and that was going in cell to cell and I would go in and you know, ad seg, man, gen pop, man, I'd go into psych ward, you know, I'd go into the hospital ward, but very few people wanted to go into the death row cell block, and I always did. I'd, I'd go anywhere to share the gospel and share this message of grace, you know. So one day in a, a, a huge prison out in Arizona, hot, man, 120 in the shade, man, you know, and this really old, dirty prison, I went into death row, and I was going up and down the cell blocks talking to men. I've been in about 600 plus prisons, by the way, and going in another one here next weekend after next up in Oklahoma to do a Christian program. But back to my story, uh, I was going into the cell blocks. I'll never forget, I was going through and just talking to people. And of course, you can imagine the hopelessness when you're condemned to die. And I got to the very last block there. And a young man about y'all's age, some of you guys emerged from the darkness, really good looking guy. And I began to talk to him about my life, about forgiveness, about Grace, simple things like John 3.16, that whosoever would call upon the Lord, that he died for the whosoever. I began to share with him about how God changed my life from a nightclub performer and, you know, wild man out there to being somebody who's, you know, serving the Lord for 25 years. And, and so I got on the subject of grace, and I said, brother, no matter what you've done, I believe God's grace can save you and give you hope. He said to me with probably one of the most gloomy voices I've ever heard, he said, brother, I'm so far back in this dungeon here not even God's grace could find me my response to him became a song title I said man there's no place too far from grace now if you're a southern gospel fan you probably heard this song by a group called the Palomino State Quartet who had a number one hit with it you may not have heard my version but there's a lot of people on YouTube that have cut it and put it out there and even people that don't even get permission to do so it's fine with me because the message is all the same no matter who says it who does it? Here's my message today. Obviously, you're not in prison. We're here in a church, beautiful one, by the way, and you're not uh, locked up behind bars, at least not now. Many of us probably should have been. Some have, but here's the good news. None of us are today, but here's one thing I can tell you. 
everybody sitting in here, unless you have met Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're on a death row, man. Honestly, you're on a place that's hopeless because outside of Christ, there's no hope. But here's the problem. What keeps that hope from coming to people many times is the same answer that death row inmate told me. He said, man, I've done too much. I've gone too far. I'm too far back or I'm lost. I'm secluded. God doesn't know me. He doesn't see me. But here's the good news. I believe what this song says applies to many facets of life. No matter if you're here today and you're lost, in a moment the pastor is going to come forward and give an invitation. Maybe you're lost. You don't know Christ. 1 John 5.13 clearly says, Truly these things I've written to you that you may know that you have eternal life because you believe in the one and only Son of God. You may know that today beyond a shadow of a doubt because the Bible says so. But if you don't know that, and you may say, well, it's probably okay for Pastor Aubrey or that guy with that amazing voice. By the way, you ought to have a CD out, brother. Read that scripture a while ago, you know. It's good for those guys, but what about me? Well, I want to say once again, there's no place too far that God's grace can't reach you today. The other good news is maybe you're locked in a prison of shame or darkness or guilt or fear or condemnation or maybe you're just plain locked into a place of rebellion. And you say, man, I need to get free. Well, listen, God's grace, man, the love of God and the beauty of what Christ accomplished on the cross is the one thing that can set you free today. So I want to, write, I want to do this song. I wrote it, but it's been made popular by other people. But today I want to sing it to you. One more after it. And listen, no matter what your heart or your mind or your psyche may be telling you, listen, just let the Lord's grace today come to you. Remember that verse we started out with, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. If you need him today, there's no place too far from grace. You say you're tired of running. The guilt keeps on coming It's driving you away You're lost And all in your own And have no place to go that place to rest 
out with a song here that uh, really has probably played on the radio more uh, and I had more response from this song than anything I've ever put out and, uh, I want to start out by just talking real briefly about what it means to me uh, my daddy was a cowboy and not the kind that you know you know about today that does horse whispering and you know uh, and it wasn't a real kind man. He was more of a horse spur and a horse whipper. And uh, he did that kind of with me, you know. And uh, so I said all that not to demine de or, or defame my dad, but to say that I never really knew the real love of a father. And many of us men don't. Many of us people don't. Some of you gals may not. But here's the thing. Judging the love of something heavenly and something divine with something that's earthly and corrupted is a, is a far stretch. And we get that confused from time to time because we don't understand one of God's major attributes of the many. But Third John, or 1 John 3, it says, God is love. He doesn't have to try to force it. He doesn't do it because he's making a decision to do it. It's just part of his attribute. It's what he is. He loves you. 
He loves you. Flaws and all. I'm certainly uh, convinced that God's not have a plan that I lived my life running from God and getting in trouble and doing stupid stuff. It certainly wasn't his plan, but through it all, I can tell you one thing was a constant. Many times I would feel God's love. I would hear God's voice. I would hear the Lord speak to me when I was stoned, drunk, way out of God's will and God's reach so far, thinking I was away from his grace or too far that he couldn't reach me. I would still feel his love. One thing changed, though, 25 years ago, and it was not only a change earthly, but it was, uh, it was a eternal change. I got on my knees and I prayed a simple prayer, Lord, please help me. Please save me. And at that point in time, I became more than just a creation. I became more than just somebody who God was pursuing. I became his son. The Bible makes it clear in Romans eight fifteen. It says, we're not given again to a spirit of slavery under fear, but we're given to a spirit of adoption by which we can cry out, Abba, Father. The most endearing term that you can say, Papa or Daddy, and know that it's not unrequited. When you reach out to God, he's already loved you before eternity ever began. He's already loved you when you messed up. The problem that stands in the way this song is going to resolve today. Many of us judge the love of our earthly fathers or a coach or a boss or a spouse or an uncle or an aunt or a child or a dad or a mom or whatever and think that, you know what, there's some kind of way that maybe God doesn't love me. Two things I want to say before I say this. If you're not a son of God today, John 1.12, wonderfully put by Jesus, to all that call upon him, he's given the right to become the sons of God to as many as received him. Have you called upon him today, though, and said, Lord, I realize I'm a mess. I realize I got problems, but I really want to know that I'm your son. There's no grander thing. Please hear me today. I didn't really come to preach. I love to exposit the word of God. But I will tell you, there's no grander thing that you can ever know in your heart. My wife and I walked the red carpet of the Grand Ole Opry two years ago. She looked like somebody out of Vogue. I looked like somebody out of Tractor Supply. You know, that's the way it looks when we're together. That was a great moment, man. It was a great moment when I was at Billy Bob's here about three weeks ago and won, you know, nominated for awards and blah, blah, blah. Great moment when my kids were born and went to college and all this stuff. Great moment when I met this wonderful brown-haired Barbie and got to marry her. It was a blessing. But the greatest thing in my life that ever happens when I came to the knowledge of knowing that I was a son, a son of God. And I'm asking you today, listen, I didn't come here, y'all, to impress y'all. I didn't come here to try to, you know, uh, you know, make a million bucks on CDs. I came here to let you know today the greatest thing in the world is that you can know that you belong to God, that you're his son. And if anything stands in the way of that, listen, it's not because he don't love you, because he loves you. This song was probably played more for me than anything. I'm going to do it today, then I'm going to turn the, past, the service back over to Pastor Arbery. And today, if you don't know him as a father, please let him say these beautiful words to you. I love you, son. Little boy on a chair Waiting for his dad Scared and crying Cause he's been mad Stole a toy on a dam At the corner drugstore But he got caught Sneaking out the back door 
when his dad arrived, the boy couldn't look him in the eyes. He just said, oh, dad, I know you hate me. Then in disbelief, he heard his daddy say, I love you, son. Just tell me what you've done. Life's full of problems. Together we can solve them. Talk it out with me. We'll work it out, you'll see. I love you, son. Then he turned 16 with a license to drive. Stereo loud and a girl by his side. Lost control and the car overturned. But they called up what said who must they were. From a sheriff's office telephone, he found the old man at home and he said, Oh, Dad, I know you hate me. his daddy say I love you son just tell me what you've done life's full of problems together we can solve them and talk it out with me we'll work it out you'll see I love you son 36 what could have been was in an awful mess Broken dreams, a broken heart, broken promises From the valley of his dark despair He made his first attempted prayer He said, oh God, I know you made me Then in disbelief, he heard the Father say I love you, son. Just tell me what you've done. Life's full of problems. Together we can't solve them. And talk it out with me. We'll work it out, you'll see. Oh, cause I love you, son. I love you, son. Thank you, Justin. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to have our elders come forward. So all of our elders, please come forward. Again, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't know if you remember, but our first conversation when we met you, Justin and Bernie, I had was shared with you, Tammy and I, that uh, I was preaching at that time but um i was we had started a prison ministry years before and you had shared with me your activity the things that you were doing in prison ministry and obviously there was just a a bond at that moment um you you mentioned the passage out of first john as many as would receive him and so i don't believe in coincidence i definitely want you gentlemen to hear this so in 1982 and 83 um 
I was doing time on the East Ham unit uh, by Love Lady. Uh, I was a convicted felon, and life was. Thank you, uh, Lord. It just, it was just brokenness. I had failed everybody in my life that had been good, just good people. My mother, my father, my grandparents, anybody that had loved me, and uh, and there I was picking cotton and you know on a chain gang at the East Ham unit. But there was a preacher that came, and he would come every week, and he would do Bible studies. And there had been other influences in my life, but this preacher would come on the unit, and he would answer questions, and I would not, uh, I wouldn't uh, participate in the Bible study. I just, I wasn't ready for that, but I would just distance myself where I could hear the preacher, and uh, just a wonderful gentleman. And he would always quote Matthew 7, where Jesus, people would ask questions about Jesus. And he, at some point in the study, he would quote Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. And then Justin used the passage out of 1 John about any of those that would receive him. So, Justin, I want to share something with you. I, I don't have a problem with invitations, but for me personally... I think it is a reception. The word is receive. Ask and you'll receive. As many as those that would receive him. I don't, if you've said in your heart that you've accepted Jesus, that's fine. But the scripture is receive. And there is a difference. We receive him. And so instead of an invitation, we have a reception. If you've ever been to a wedding and you have a reception, the wedding has already taken place. On the day of Pentecost, on that day, when Peter stood up and preached and that sermon ended, he said, men of Israel, be sure of one thing. You be sure of one thing. This Jesus of Nazareth, you killed him. You killed him. And there were those that received that message. We only become Christian through the saving grace of God. God saves through Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, and we receive that. And so I was in that prison unit and I heard it. I heard it. God's word doesn't come back void. We worship God this morning. The way God saves is through the ministry of the word, through worship, preaching, the, the singing of hymns. And you, at some point in your life, according to God's sovereign will, something happens. It said the day of Pentecost, their hearts were pierced. And they said, what must we do? You can't even receive the salvation of God unless God penetrates your heart and he prepares the place so that you can receive it. So I didn't receive it in that prison, but it was in 1985 in February that God finally brought me to the end of myself and through the preaching of the word, the ministry of the word, circumstances, godly examples in my life, in the broken dark place of my life, I, I did. I went to a church parking lot and, and, and I asked. I asked. I said, okay, I'm asking. And you know what? I received him. So we have a reception this morning. And if that's your, in your heart, and the, the singing of those praises and those hymns and those wonderful songs and the ministry of the word and anyone here, if it's your desire, if God has saved you and you have received that message, we give you the opportunity. We're going to have an invitation song, a reception song. And uh, 
myself and the elders will be here. We'll certainly pray with you. And uh, we're going to have the Lord's Supper in just a moment. After the Lord's Supper, we'll have a benediction and we're going to give thanks. And we're going to go have another reception next door. And we'll have a great meal this morning. But if God has penetrated your heart through the preaching and the worship of God and His Word, we give you the opportunity to receive that salvation as you receive it this morning. Justin. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Still I will follow The Lord go with me Still I will follow The Lord go with me Still I will follow No turning back No turning back Behind me and the cross before me, oh, behind me and the cross before me, got the world behind me and the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Jesus, I surrender. Oh, to Him I freely give. And I will ever love and trust Him in His presence. See